0: What's up everybody welcome to episode 19 of the midwest angler podcast i am scott Sturman, and i'm joined by matt deitch matt where did spring go
1: i don't know She's down. yeah
0: <laughs> she is gone we've <laughs> got snow we've got hail we've got rain we've got wind
1: we've Everything. got thunder
0: and lightning we we had it all over over the last two days i
1: thought the roof was going to shake off the house last night to be honest with you they're this morning at about five o'clock it was just like boom boom I, I didn't know what was going on outside right outside of my room uh got a downspout and that hail
0: hitting that oh. downspout—it just <laughs> like holy smokes it was like somebody was beating drums out there It
1: felt like i was in a popcorn machine yeah that was something but yeah it is crazy this weather is it's wild uh we're we're lucky where we're at that the ground is white but it is basically because of the hail that we've Right, kind of the hail sleet, and north of here they've got over a foot of snow in some places and ice, down power lines, everything like that. So, it's been crazy the last couple days. The weather has.
0: Yep. Shout out to the power linemen. Shout out to the farmers. Shout out to all the guys who got to still be working out in this stuff.
1: But yeah, getting power going. A lot of towns around the area without power, and it's just. It's good. It's nice knowing that there's people out there trying to get you back go, up and going.
0: Those poor people in Nebraska, though, you know. Yeah, oh, I know. They man. got a flood going on. And now we're going to get
1: you know all this stuff. Yep. It, it's coming up from that way. Yep. No, what do it, they call this? A bomb cyclone? A boom cyclone? What yeah, do they call this stuff? I, I see that on
0: Facebook. All the this weird.
1: I Kermit. thought it was a new dance that all the teenagers were doing at first. <laughs> Either way, I don't like it. So. Yeah, you would have learned it. <laughs> I I wouldn't. Well, I know that because I'm just that good of a dancer. But yeah, you're still doing the Soldier Boy. <laughs> Woo!
0: <laughs> would, oh, crank that. Crank <laughs> that. Come
1: yeah. On. yeah. No. Maybe the Dougie every once in a while, too. Oh, yeah, the Dougie.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways, back to fishing. Yeah,
1: back to fishing, <laughs> which we were able to do last weekend.
0: We were, finally. That, yep. was, that was a lot of Got fun. to put
1: the boat in the water.
0: Yep, yeah, we we had plans to just go and do some shore fishing, and yeah. then all of a sudden you said, "Hey, let's let's take well, the let's, boat and let's I, do it." I was like, "Oh yeah, now we're talking."
1: Because up until a couple of days before that, you know, people were saying that there was still it was still holding ice. The lake was. We were over on East Sokoboji, and it was just like, "No, we're doing this." Because we had a south wind that day, and I knew if there was any ice, that it was going to be blown to the north shore, which it was, and where we wanted to fish was going to be open for us and we kind of went to the spot where we had some success late ice we're hoping that the crappies were going to be up in there but unfortunately we couldn't find the crappies but we did find some yellow bass and perch.
0: yep yep you uh you ran a minnow under a slip bobber for a while you threw yeah. a couple jigs and yeah you got some largemouth uh, a nice big drum that, that put up a heck of a fight uh we caught some perch we caught what else did we catch
1: Oh, yellow bass. Yeah, yellow bass, bass yeah. perch, four different species. So, yep. we got yep. that off of our list that we were trying to get going for this season.
0: Yep. Yeah, that it is. It, that's going to be fun. I I don't know. I think it'll be kind of cool, especially near in the end, you know, of the season when when we're like, you know, hey, we can we yeah, can we knock, knock this one we, off. Yeah, we if haven't we,
1: caught this, you know, and it, it forces you to become a better all-around fisherman because you're going to go target different species than what you normally would instead of just accidentally catching something
0: right and we've said this from the beginning we we like fishing period yeah. we don't care if we're catching carp if we're catching bluegills if we're catching bass walleye we're we're just in it,
1: That's in right. it to fish so I mean but if we are walleye fishing we obviously want to catch walleyes but, oh definitely but, but you know it's always fun to catch that bonus fish that a couple years ago when we were over on silver Lake every once in a while you'd hook into a nice perch and it's like i'm not gonna not gonna argue about
0: that but we've had panfish trips that have turned into walleye trips and we've we've had vice versa you know that yeah it yeah whatever's biting and and i think that's actually one of the the keys to having a little bit more success maybe not being an overall better angler but but you know having more successful days is you know if if you get out there and you're going after panfish but golly we can't you know we're we're catching a couple walleye on panfish gear and then all of a sudden you switch over to walleye gear and then you really you know really start getting after them yeah that's just all part of it
1: kind of do what the fish tell you some days sometimes you don't go over there with much of a plan you're just going to go fishing yeah like you said we've had those days where we went over there and we've went to target panfish and that's a that's actually kind of the fun thing about panfish is that when you go to target them you could catch just about anything yep
0: yeah, yeah, northern. Yeah, you
1: never know what's gonna happen. Heck, that one day when we were over there catching all those yellow bass, we had that northern or a muskie. We really didn't know what it was because it happened so fast. That came up. Was it you that had the yep. yellow bass on? And that yep. thing came shooting up from under the boat. And
0: yeah, I actually drew blood on the yellow yep, bass, and then ramrod had that big walleye. Well, yeah, that follow thing had up. to
1: be about 27, 28 inches was, at least. I mean, that was a big figure, one. Go figure, freaking ramrod. Yeah, but the the crazy thing about that was that just kind of laid there and yeah because i was like keep it in the water keep <laughs> it in the water keep, <laughs> oh, man, keep that, that yellow awesome. bass in the water and see if it'll hit it but yeah it would have been fun you see those stories all the time on facebook of or those videos of somebody reeling something in and a muskie will come up and grab onto it and
0: and, and they get them yeah and-
1: they just hold on to it uh some of the guides over there in, at Okaboji have had that happen before where they've been reeling in a bluegill and boom they catch a 40 plus inch muskie because it's not because they had it hooked it's just that it Clamped down on that bluegill and wouldn't let it go yep or even a smallmouth bass you'd be surprised what they'll come up and oh i'm sure try to hit
0: but yeah i was able to get a master angler for my first uh first open water fish uh yep master angler is a 10 inch yellow bass and this one was 11. 11 yeah and i i mean i know that they do come bigger over there i haven't submitted it yet and i you know it I, I realize that it's maybe a program that's maybe a touch more for the kid or the beginning. It's angler. not for the kid. I don't think so. It's it's for every,
1: it's. They have that set there for a reason. If it was just for kids or it was a kids thing, that's what they would say. You know, this is yep. a kid's master angler. It's is it fun for them? But it's fun for all ages yeah
0: i i I don't know i think it's kind of cool i i would just like to see you know 20 years from now how many
1: master anglers i can chalk off my list and see if you can catch a master angler on every one that they have there i mean that's kind of the cool thing about it
0: yep and and i know i know that i've caught bigger than 10 inch yellow bass before but either i didn't take my picture with them or you know yeah, I measured it and kind of forgot about it, whatever. But, yeah, I do need to submit this. Because especially with the way Clear Lake and, and Okaboji are kicking out yeah. yellow bass, you always wonder if, you know, a year or two from now, if they'll Bump up it, it, up. you know, got to get it while, while I can.
1: Well, and that's kind of the neat thing about the Master Angler Program or the Proud Angler Program. They call it different things in different states the different guidelines in different states yep. you know south yep. dakota has different guidelines than what iowa does minnesota has different ones than you know just that's kind of the neat thing about it yep what's a master angler in one state isn't a master angler in another state
0: right well you know i mean obviously you know when you get up there to to south dakota and north dakota you know big yellow perch you know get get big up there and you know down here of course yeah we did just have a new state record but we don't get the quality that that you know consistently that they do up there yeah
1: and but it was yeah it was definitely a fun trip getting out there kind of getting all the bugs worked out in yourself you get back into the casting thing it felt good to whiz a jiggle a long ways yep <clears throat> so and
0: then we turned around and did some bass fishing
1: yep well you the next day you went to a pond and caught some really nice large mouths. yeah
0: yeah it, it felt good and, and you know and looking back I'm like golly were they as big because I mean my heart was really going when I was catching mm-hmm. them you know and and the water was perfect I could sit there with my polarized sunglasses and watch them come out of the cattails and smack my jig and you know I, I think I think I caught a couple that might have been up you know 19 maybe pushing 20 i'm not saying that they were over it but you know a four pound five pound you know fish maybe <laughs> And some nice large mouth yeah and and then so i tell matt yeah let's let's go back over here and and i even told my brother like i don't know if things go right tonight i think me and matt might be, both be able to chalk a master angler we large had a good off.
1: feeling going into it
0: and and i mean we caught fish but Ugh, I hate to say how let
1: down I really was. Conditions were a little bit different. It was pretty windy that day. It was, yep. But it was kind of your classic early spring patterns that we were catching them on. You were catching them on a swim bait. I was. I caught them on a chatter bait and a jig.
0: Yep. Yeah, just, just sitting on shore and casting it basically as close to the the shore, you know, as you could, you know, up next to the cattails. And, and they'd mm-hmm. come darting out of there uh yeah you caught a couple you know over 18 and uh right at 18 right at
1: 18 you caught what was it three in a row three three in a row row, and then on the fourth cast yeah had a hit but it got off
0: Yep, broke off my my hook kind of a crappy crappy jig head and then starting to straighten out my hook and i had caught it on a couple cattails prior and you know the old just freaking jerking that that rod Sometimes back you and just gotta truck. pull it out of there <laughs> yeah yeah well if i would have had my crocs on i could have gotten in the water and and, and then and you done would it.
1: whine about cold feet no not in crocs <laughs> cold feet and ugly feet <laughs> ugly shoes and uh, they're camouflage you may have been comfortable but yeah, yeah you you guys and your croc nation and all that stuff they're for some people. They're not. Like I've told you before, the big reason I'm against them is being a PE teacher. Kids wear them the class, and they never put them in four-wheel drive, so they're always slipping off their feet and falling down. They don't strap up.
0: The big reason you're against them is because you're too proud, and you've talked crap about me for What's, so, it's for so long that now, now you're even like, golly, you know what, I think Scott's on to something. But I'm too proud, and I'm not going to do it.
1: It is what it is. I've, I've looked up alternatives to cracks, Well, <laughs> crack alternatives.
0: Now that you're finally admitting it, that's, that's the first step in finally getting you in a pair of nice quality footwear. <laughs> the price uh, is right. They're, they're good looking. The well, I mean, yeah. All right. Well, anyways. <laughs> Speaking of equipment. Sorry, Emily. Food
1: and foot, you know, and all that. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it was just nice being out there in the boat this weekend. Hopefully next week it starts getting a little bit nicer out. I think the for, the extended forecast looks like it's supposed to start getting nicer. And since we didn't get all that snow here, I hopefully next week, some evening, if not next weekend, get out and do some fishing. Finally. Yeah. More of it. And really yeah. get after it now that the lakes are all completely open. And right. Hof- I th- hopefully, hopefully they start getting the docks in. Yep. had a lot of them at a lot of the landings
0: I would like to think that this is our
1: last wintry weather of the year yeah. you know uh, it, we're it, still gonna get like yeah it, it, I we're mean, still gonna get some cold fronts that blow in and right stuff but, like I, that, but I'm yeah. just hoping that this
0: is the end of the snow and and that type of stuff yeah for sure but
1: no yeah I, one nice thing the other you know the other day then we were out there fishing it was just nice to make sure all the rods and reels were good to go for the season. How they looked the last couple days, or today with this wind, or the winter, the weather, the way it has been, is a good day just to stay inside. Maybe spool up some reels, put some new line on those reels. Yep.
0: Are you a you a every year spooler? How often do you spool your reels? I
1: try to do it every year, but it depends how much I use the stuff. It might go every other year.
0: Yep. I'm a. I'm not that even as wrong (laughs) as it is, as wrong as it is, I'm a, I, I spool them up and I run them until she's getting low and and then I'll pull the rest off and, and go and spool it up again. But I, I know, you know, like we've talked, you know, there's, there's professional fishermen that spool, you know, every day, you know, in between each tournament, I know that there's a lot of guys that'll spool at the beginning of spring, halfway through summer will will re-spool.
1: Well, a nice thing for those a lot of those pros, you know, that are sponsored by some of the bigger line companies get it for free. Yep. That's one of the big things is I like to use fluorocarbon line and some braid especially on my bass stuff. That stuff is expensive. When you're talking 20 bucks a spool, some of it, you know anywhere from 10 to 20 bucks a spool. It, it can get to be expensive a purchase all the time if you're always buy in line and now if i was doing more tournament fishing then it's probably it is worth it to change it to make sure it's still good
0: definitely you know especially guys that are fishing at a high level for for big money even if they're not sponsored you know the the small investment that it is to make thousands hundreds of thousands for some of these
1: guys you know and one of the big reasons why you want to re-spool it is not necessarily because it might weaken up but a lot of it your monofilament and your fluorocarbon line gets memory in it and what that is is you know when you cast your line out you want it to be nice and smooth line you don't want a bunch of twists in it if you throw it out there and your line has a bunch of twists in it that's memory is what it's referred referred to as and that's why you want to kind of change it out so you don't get that memory into your line yep i'm really more of a spinning reel guy i'm
0: I'm going to be, in the next week or two, going to be buying a, a low-profile baitcaster for, you know, flipping and pitching, uh, you know, for bass and whatnot, but I've always, you know, especially down here, the majority of our my fishing and yours is down here at the river casting yep. for smallmouths and, and whatnot, and uh, this one here is off of my main river rod. Uh, it's an Abu Garcia, um, and... This is the SX20. Uh, the the different numbers on the reels, uh, all the way down to small ice fishing reels or, or pan, small pan fishing reels that are meant to go on ultralight pools, sometimes are labeled as a 5 or a 50, and then you can go up to 10s, 20s, 30s, you know, bigger yet, uh, you know, could be 100 200 300 400 different brands different numbers but it's all kind of the same right on the reel it'll tell you what uh what size line they recommend for it and i think that they normally that's normally monofilament correct yep, that's usually or, monofilament, yep, line. monofilament line um and it'll tell you how many yards you're going to be able to get on it uh i always at at shields or the berkeley outlet nokoboji or, or those are the two that i always do i have them spool their bulk line on it for me some people prefer to bring it home and put their own line on but if that's what you decide to do that's how you tell how much you're going to need
1: but and the nice thing about that when you do go to those places they'll put free monofilament line on there when you purchase it from them their bulk line yep i know shields does that it's it's nice because it's not like they're just putting a low quality line on there. Usually, it's like Berkeley XT or XL, good quality stuff.
0: Right. Yep. And and that's going to save you seven, eight bucks or
1: whatever. You know. For, that, yeah. To buy a spool of it, and yep. then it's nice that they can just quick put it on instead of you having to do it at home by yourself, which can be a task at times.
0: Yeah, and I know if you if you you know your little the spool that you buy it on if you have it upside down i don't know which way it is you can put that line on your reel backwards and right. then you open up your bail and it all just goes <laughs> slinky and yeah. out and i've i've done that a few times yep. before i really knew what i was doing and golly the <laughs> and then you got a mess and yep. you're looking like an idiot and <laughs> Sorry if you've had that happen. I'm not saying you, you look like an idiot. I think it's going to happen to I, all of us I, I've before. had it, and I felt like an idiot. Let's it's, put it that way. It's the only way to learn, though. Yep. but no, yeah, that's, that's your spinning reels. Uh, you know, a lot of walleye guys, a lot of, you know, guys who aren't planning on casting a long way, lighter jigs. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to be fishing in the wind, it's not a big problem. Uh, Matt,
1: easier to cast.
0: Yep, yeah, easier uh, because... Obviously, on the low-profile uh, or, or either baitcaster, you got to kind of use your thumb as a brake. Matt will probably dip into that here in a second, but yeah, and especially for those of you that are just listening to the audio version, we do have a couple reels here that we're kind of showing the camera a little bit, but yeah, no, that's, that's your spinning reel. Uh, pairs up with a spinning rod. Um, obviously, it goes on the bottom of the the rod
1: yeah don't you be one do. of those people that hold it upside down and
0: yeah that <laughs> you're you're gonna end up on a meme or a gif or a youtube video or something it, it goes on the bottom uh if you're looking for a quick easy way to figure out what rod that pairs up with it'll have the bigger eyelets on the bottom of the right on the bottom of the rod
1: if and it has a trigger on it don't put this rod on it nope nope or this reel on that rod yep so
0: but yeah no matt will talk more about the bait
1: casters he's he's
0: you know a past in in a lot of bass fishing you've you've swung swung a couple of them yep
1: and just to add on to the spinning reels different ones have like different drags on them some have the front drags most of them do some of them have it on the back side of it uh what the drag is is You always want that set when you're fighting a fish if they do take off they can take a little bit of drag so it's not tightened down all the way and there's no shock absorber in there for that line that line a lot of times that's why you break your line is because you don't have the drag set right or your back reel you can go backwards and everything so yeah it's a good overview on the spinning rods spinning reels don't be
0: afraid to put your drag really light (laughs) I, <laughs> yeah i'm the I'm only right.
1: the only thing about that is I, my drag is light sometimes too but you got to be careful of if it's too light when you go to set the hook you're not going to get the hook into the fish very well and yep. you can lose a lot of fish that way
0: I'm, i know especially when new people are ever ice fishing with me and i set my hook and the drag goes a little bit and they're like "Ooh, you got a big one no nah, it's yeah. probably just a small <laughs> bluegill but i've got I i always have my drag set really light i you know Uh, that's just something
1: and you and you're gonna inevitably you're gonna adjust it while you're fighting the fish yep
0: yep yep you can do that
1: Uh, and well as far as the bait casters go there's kind of two major types of bait casters you have your kind of your original round bait casters and then you have your low profile bait casters the nice thing about these low profile bait casters is they fit right into your hand real nice for a long day of fishing having it You know, that lightness of them, that easy grip on them, it makes a huge difference as far as fatigue goes in your arms and in your hands. Because after a long day of fishing, you can definitely tell. The round ones kind of are the old classic ones that have, these kind of have evolved from this. The Abu Garcia Ambassadors are great round reels that have been around for a long time, kind of the original ones. The nice thing about these, a lot of musky... Fishermen use them catfish fishermen use them because you can get heavier line on them and more of it They hold a bigger capacity just like Scott said with the spinning reels. They come in different sizes. You can get small Round ones you can get the bigger ones. This is a bigger 6600 amb- ambassador Abu Garcia I use it on my musky rod one of my musky rods Yeah, it's it's nice for that line capacity
0: one of the things i like about that ambassador i've got two of those ambassadors also on my catfishing rods and and i love you know when you're shore fishing be able to cast it out leave that
1: i don't know bait clicker
0: yep yep yep, put that bait clicker on and you know when those catfish go on a run you know you can be sitting in your lawn chair looking at birds or whatever and all of a sudden you know you start hearing that click and God, that that is that's a fun
1: time right there. Yeah, that's it's definitely a nice feature on it. And then you know your low-profile bait casters, you can't get as much. The line capacity on here is is not as much because it's a smaller spool. But it's really nice. These are really nice. Like Scott said, when you're pitching and flipping, you're throwing a lot of like heavier jigs or heavier creature bait type things. It's nice to have this bait caster. Now, with all the reels, one thing that, you know, they're not all made the same as far as the reels. They might look the same, but they're not. A lot of times, it's different gear ratios. And people always are like, well, what is the gear ratio? Because you can go up there, this one is a 7 to 1 to 1 gear ratio. And this one is a 6 to 4 to 1 gear ratio. The higher the gear ratio, the faster the reel is. So, like, certain applications, you want different, you know, speed reels this one it's nice for pip, pitching and flipping your some of them now they're making i think like abu garcia has the rocket that's like nine to one to one there's a one that's like eight to four to one or something like that it's nice like when you're flipping something you flip it into the reeds and if that fish comes up there right away and grabs it you can instead of having a really really reel to catch up to it and get that slack line out of slack out of your line and set the hook this one, it's just like boom. You can take one turn of the crank, and it picks up, you know, say thirty inches of line. Boom! You can set that hook a lot faster.
0: And sometimes you'll—I mean, if you're flipping and pitching up next to some cattails or whatever, that fish might grab that bait and head right for your boat. Yeah, or and vice versa
1: into heavier cover. So that's why you wanna.
0: Yep, you want to be able to to get caught up with that fish. Before ASAP. it spits it out. Yep. Exactly. Or gets
1: you hung up on stuff. You know, around docks. That way you can trolling as, motor. As soon as, you, as soon as you set that hook, you can get them out of there so that they can't get you wrapped up. Uh the six four to one, it's probably the more popular one because it's you can use it all around. If you need to speed up a little bit, you can reel it just a little bit faster if you want to slow it down. Now you can get them down to like five to one to one. That's good for like crankbaits. Things like your slower presentations that you are in the strike zone longer, so you can kind of slow it down. That's something I got to tell myself sometimes, especially this time of year, is you got to slow yourself down, slow it down while you're reeling. Well, if you have a high speed reel, it feels like you're just reeling real painfully slow, whereas if you switch to a lower gear ratio reel, you can reel like your normal speed, but you're not reeling it in as fast.
0: I, I notice that a lot of times at the river, and and like you said uh, early in the year when the water's still cold, those fish aren't going to be quite as fast right. sometimes. But I notice that in the river a lot of times, you know, you just kind of get in a zone and you get real and 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 pretty soon you look at your bait as it's coming in, and it's like that thing is flying. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> well, you get they, so
1: excited, right? Yeah, and
0: and you know, but. Those fish have to battle, when you're down at the river, they're already battling the current, yeah. and then they got to still catch up with your bait, and, and that's, it, it. you know, don't be afraid, a little bit slower presentation. That's one of the things I noticed with you the other day when we were uh, bass fishing, is you were really rocking a real slow uh, presentation, you know, cast out and just slowly lift and, and slowly skipping that thing back to you. I don't know if skipping is the right word. I, you know, you were down on the ground, but it was just taking slow hops back. You, were, back. you were you yeah. were taking your time and and especially you know,
1: with op- a jig like that in this time of year, some you, you just kind of sometimes you want to you might want to give it a good pop just to get try to get that reaction bite. They see it and they think it's a crawfish or a bluegill or something like that, and it's like boom, they go after it. But other times they might come up there and you just kind of want to shake it along as you go, and they'll pick it up off the bottom. Yep. So, and the other thing about these two is, the nice thing about the spinning reel, is versatile, the handle on it can be switched to either side on most of them, whereas a bait caster, they're usually not like that. This one's on the right hand, this one's on the left hand, as far as that goes, and it's kind of personal preference. I like a right handed one most of the time, but the last few years, I've can kind of gone into a left-handed one for like my pitching and my flipping stuff. So, because I usually hold, if I'm throwing a bait caster, I usually hold the rod in my left hand when I'm reeling. But when I cast, it's in my right hand when I cast. So then I have to switch it over. Whereas when I, like I said, when you're pitching and flipping and things like that, those applications, when you flip in there, so I'm flipping with my right hand, the rod in my right hand, I flip the bait in there and now I'm switching over to my left hand to put the rod in there to start reeling. A lot of times, as soon as that bait, when it's that initial fall is when the fish comes up and hits it. Well, it can happen in the middle of there and sometimes I don't, I miss the bites. I don't even feel it, realize that a fish came up there and grabbed it and spit it out. And other times then it's like, oh, they're starting to swim away and I'm a second behind them. Whereas with that left handed reel now, I pitch it in my, holding the rod in my right hand it hits the water, and the rod's in my right hand. So if it does hit right away, boom, I can set that hook and start fighting the fish. It, it takes a little bit to get used to. It's just like writing with your left hand or shooting a basket with your you know, your opposite hand. But after a while, you get trained to it, and it makes it a lot easier and more efficient as far as the day goes. You can get more casts in. Yep. So ah. yeah, that's kind of our overview of. The different kind of some major types, different reels, going in there. It can be intimidating going to those tackle stores because they got that whole lineup of them, that big brass rail of umpteen different reels that you can go at can go buy. Talk to the guys there. Price points are always different too. You can buy them from twenty dollars all the way up to five, six hundred dollars, if not even more than that. Yep. And. As far as that goes, when it goes to tackle spending all that money on it, you pay for what you get for. It, just like anything, it's they're not the same. I mean, the components in them in a fifty-dollar reel are totally different than they are in a five hundred-dollar reel. But they're just as good. Yeah, I mean, they they get the job done. Yep, they get the job
0: done. I throw a lot of combos that are seventy five dollar combos mm-hmm. you know and
1: uh you, you fish with fish with what you can afford you don't want to you don't want to go out there and spend all this money on your equipment and then you can't pay for gas to get to the lake <laughs> right. or i got a i got a five hundred dollar combo but i can only buy four dollars worth of lures Well, i go out there the first time it's hard to buy a lure let a, you know a crankbait or anything like that these days for less than $4. So you got to have money for all of your equipment. And I'm telling you that price range that a lot of these companies are starting to finally figure out is that 50 to $125 price range, $130 price range. They're starting to realize that we can build a really, really quality product in that price range, price point, And people are going to buy that stuff because that's what most people can afford.
0: Yep. when yeah, not only is it what most people can afford, but, but like you said, you know, yeah, you can buy, you can buy bait casting reels for $600, but, and I won't say the $20 ones are are, are good, but, you know, if you spend $60 on a bait casting reel for 95% of people that are fishing, that's going to be more than suffice.
1: right. You know and i mean in the, the nice thing about sometimes the equipment is if you don't spend a lot on it you're not going to sit there and worry and baby it so you're just kind of i mean throw it in
0: the back of the truck and yeah get y- you can and, yeah. go
1: you know if you're down at the river if you drop it into the drop it on the bank into the sand or something like that you can clean it up and you're good to go you're not out there like oh my god that i just did i just break like a three hundred dollar rod on a carp <laughs> so and the fish don't care and then that's the thing <laughs> the and then, then you know, know that's one of the biggest things i've kind of always struggled with over the years that i've had to tell myself you know you go out there and you're fishing if you're fishing in a tournament some of these guys pull up and they have 50 to 60 thousand dollar boats and you pull up with your you know your little 16 foot boat and all that stuff and you start thinking it gets in your head a little bit and you start thinking "Is no is it The fish don't care. Can they get to places faster than you? Yeah. Might those boats handle better in rougher, bigger water? Of course. But when it comes down to it, it's still how well and good of a fisherman you are when you do that.
0: A lot of guys in old boats have won some, won oh, some tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget, two years ago, I think, me and you were fishing, maybe the King Turkey Day tournament, Southwest Minnesota Fishing Club yeah. over by Worthington, Minnesota, and uh, there was a boat and pickup that showed up. And the boat and the pickup kind of had matching graphics and everything, and it was just like, Hoofda, that guy's going to win. <laughs> and i'm i i don't i don't remember but i'm sure he didn't Mm -hmm. you know and and he might have got second he might have got third but you know
1: and and, you know and nothing against all those guys if you can afford it do it (laughs) i mean if i I could afford all that stuff you better believe it (laughs) i would probably have it
0: no yeah that definitely we're not talking down on on the people that do have that because i think that's every fisherman's dream is to have a rig like that but yeah you go with what you can afford because you're still going to catch fish it's all it's all about how good of an angler you are you know how you and adapt to situations, looking at a lake conditions and figuring out, you know, lake
1: maps all that stuff yep so yeah. yeah
0: yeah otherwise Bassmaster uh in winya bay
1: winya bay winya bay is, is started that today south carolina right? yeah south carolina Sa- south i think carolina. they're kind of in the south Carolina. they were
0: river that leads to an ocean there you know it's a not, tidal water yeah yep, they're not so far, not those tidal either. water
1: tournaments are always crazy it's always interesting for those things especially over there on the east coast weights are never high i don't know why i thought it was going to take as much as it's going to take per day to win my prediction will be close but i guess the leader today had like 16 pounds and i think i went with like a 16 pound per day average did you and you're going to see a lot the one nice thing about him is the big bite is huge if yeah. you i if mean you jason yeah jason williamson fish, yeah. is jason williamson is leading it and he has like sixteen ten for total weight on day one and he caught like a six pound like five ounce bass yep so if he you know catches a three pound bass instead of a six pound pass he's sitting at 13 pounds and kind of right there on the edge of the top 10 so you want to catch that big bass which is kind of fun. It makes it, you know, it's neat to see a 13 or a 14 inch bass make a huge difference. Or all of a sudden, if you can hook into a 17, 18 incher, that's a big bass and it can really move you up to standings There was a in a lot quick of, hurry.
0: There was a lot of guys two hours out from weigh ins that didn't have any fish. Oh, yet.
1: yeah. well, and, and a lot of that is because those guys on a tournament like this, I think I saw one guy ran, went drove 260 miles today in his boat.
0: I was going to say, I think- a
1: lot of them will run down to like certain spots and they'll, it'll, it'll only leave them with like an hour of fishing. Really? in that whole day of tournament, like a seven hour tournament day, they only get to fish one hour because they are driving to a spot where they know they can catch those fish that are holding quality fish in that one hour. And the interesting thing too, about a tidal water, tidal water tournament is you got to watch the tide. Yeah, otherwise you can get water. stuck well yeah that you too. can get yep, stuck up and yep. if you're up somewhere and high tide you can get into this spot and you start fishing and you're not paying attention to that tide you go to leave Yep, it's the water's gone down and you can't get out of where you were at that happens a lot up in yep. those tournaments
0: we've actually experienced that we didn't we did not get stuck but uh when we're fishing inshore down in southwest florida you know, going through the mangroves and and whatnot through these little channels and whatnot, and yeah, you know our our guide has said before, you know, time to get going because yeah. she's going down and we're going to be <laughs> camped out here. So, yeah, no, and and I know that they that that can really uh depending on the way the tides are every day because ever you know it, it's not like the tide is every day high tide at 6 a.m. and mm-hmm. low tide at at one o'clock in the afternoon i mean it it changes daily and you know some some tides are higher than you know the the previous day and yeah that that would really be a uh you know something is an
1: interesting those are always interesting tournaments i I can't remember which classic was held on one out there on the east coast and i think kevin van dam ended up winning it go figure but it was like (laughs) it took like 12 pounds a day really to to win it so yeah. well in our it, personal pool yeah on the midwest angler podcast fantasy fishing
0: after day maybe. one uh jeremy k dirty dog he's up there in, at the top another guy who i know matt deitch he's in second i'm just
1: con- kind of consistently staying right in that spot it's just like i don't know i think did you see hmm. colby even beat got 11 A, he had the winner he had like this he had a bunch of. i think all of his guys maybe in the top 10 or close to it
0: yep yeah that was that was really
1: impressive good job colby but uh
0: yeah slab game rick <laughs> dante i had the worst day out of everyone
1: no so. you didn't ramsey did because he forgot <laughs> to put a team on there God, moron no well
0: we'll give him a little bit of credit he's he's down in the army he gets uh he's down in sergeant school uh he's done with sergeant school tomorrow and then I think he's got drill this weekend so we've Be got like 3 week. more days of freedom and then then that peace dri- and quiet Yeah then that drips back. <laughs> 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 oh we're just kidding. We we actually do like him some days. You know, it,
1: you know talking about the with the Elite series going on on right now. It was a kind of a nice day to have a snow day because not only was the Elite series having their live coverage all day long but the flw tour is down at uh, lake cherokee in oklahoma right now so they had their live stuff on today and then major league fishing i don't know yesterday there i think they're still i don't know if they're still at lake chickamauga and uh tennessee and they have live coverage too so flw
0: was kentucky like
1: No, that's the Bass Federation. Oh, the Bass Federation. That's the Bass Federation. They have their national semifinals going on right now where Troy Deedy is fishing at. I think it's the national championships, isn't it? Is it the championships or the semifinals? I guess we'll have to look. I'm pretty sure it's the championship, but
0: I could be wrong. So, all
1: that's going on right now.
0: Troy Deedy, episode uh, 15 guest down there. He he weighed two fish today. Him and his co-angler Mason Big Crow... Out of Pine Ridge, South Dakota. So, yeah. But
1: they didn't fish together. They don't fish together on this. Oh, they don't? No. When you get down there, you. They separate. Yeah. There's okay. a non boater division and a boater division. Okay. And usually they kind of separate those guys out. Okay. Everything like that. And the cool thing about that one is, in the Bass Federation, is you don't have to bring your boat. You fish out of a boat that
0: i noticed that that yep. troy was in a, uh,
1: He's a they, it's a ranger they're associated with flw and ranger boats is one of their big sponsors so
0: i saw that they uploaded some pictures today and i i was kind of scrolling through and then i saw that you liked one of the pictures and i zoomed in and yeah sure sure enough that was troy and i was like well i don't think that that's his normal boat but yeah so learn something new every day
1: so you had all those, all the three major ones having their. So I, w- I watched fishing all day long. When I was at the weight room, I had it by myself. So I put it up there on the TV screen and had the split screen going, and I was watching it all. I'm gonna talk to my boss about a snow day tomorrow.
0: Maybe I it yeah, would still be going tomorrow.
1: You should. Yeah. But I heard it, your boss is a nice guy.
0: Uh, I don't know. I'm uh he is a
1: nice guy I think he just started listening to the podcast you're right it is the the national championship yeah down Kentucky Lake we'll see how which place Troy is sitting in right now see if he's up there
0: northern division I don't know if that makes well any that's difference.
1: just where he fishes out of there's all different divisions okay um let's see here
0: do 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 well, we do keep talking
1: do, about something else. do 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 do. You want
0: me to sing for him?
1: No. We okay. We lose a bunch of l- listeners then if you did that. What you
0: gonna do with all that? J-
1: all that j- <laughs> <inside> <laughs> j- I don't know that one. I don't see if, <laughs> What is this one here? I do It's not showing up. Oh, well, there it is. Mason Big Crow is in twelfth. Twelfth with five pounds, seven ounces. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing, you said Troy had two. Yeah, I believe he had two fish. Well, you
0: know, I was watching the live weigh-ins and, and it was a deal where, uh, you know, they, they had an announcer. It was on a Facebook Live. Troy came walking up, and I know he had a bag because he was standing by the tank.
1: Well, they had, showed a picture. I saw a picture of him online with a big one. Oh, really? Yeah, so.
0: I know he was standing by the tank. I know he walked up, and, and he had fished away, but I do not know. They, they, never, they never specifically said how many or what he had, and I guess I thought, I thought maybe I heard two, but I could be wrong on that too. I guess, either way,
1: that's... Well, they was only They only have like 27 anglers on here right now, too, so I don't know if they're not...
0: Uh, maybe it's not fully updated, or...
1: Here we go. I found it. All right. Let's see, where is he at?
0: We need a guy on the podcast that can be like off to the side looking stuff up for us, like Joe Rogan has.
1: Yeah, there he is, 27th. 27th? Two fish for 7-2. So hey, that one was a big one. Yeah, a dinger. So yeah, hopefully so, he can have a good day tomorrow and move up to standings quite a ways. I don't think he's in. Hopefully first
0: Chris Zaldane and Bassmaster can
1: move up to standings. No, that's all right. He can stay right where he's at.
0: All right. You know what did- I think we need to do more on this podcast, <laughs> Matt, is we need to
1: argue. Argue a lot. Yeah. I I feel well, we like- did argue about the croc thing. You think they're cool and I don't think they're cool.
0: You know what we're going to do? One of these next episodes, I'm not saying it's going to be the next episode, but we're going to come up with like four topics that we really disagree on and we're just going to get on here and duke it out, like maybe UFC get style close to...
1: without the physical I, I feel
0: like a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm kind of saying something or you're kind of saying something and we agree on so much. So it's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, right you are, man. You know, and that's that's what it is, but...
1: Yeah, but in my mind, I'm thinking, God, he, he sounds so stupid right now. Yeah, that's kinda what I'm thinking. I just don't say it.
0: That's what I'm thinking, too, <laughs> but I'm worried about hurting your feelings and, and just ruining this podcast, <laughs> so I just go along with it, go along to get along, as Kendall DeGroat says, so... All righty. No, well, we'll think of something. Yeah, so... Yeah, thanks for tuning in to episode 19. We'll see you at episode 20, hopefully with nicer weather. Yeah, hopefully
1: everybody gets their power back and be safe out there to everybody that's working out in this